It's time for this week's Uplift. Three ordinary guys that want you to find the freedom that is available by knowing our Lord Jesus Christ. So sit back and enjoy Uplift, brought to you by the Fulcrum Center. Visit our site at thefulcrumcenter.org. Hey, Chad. What's up, Phil? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. How about you? I did. I did. So uh, my uh, son came today to visit, and one of the first things he asked me was, hey, did you have a good Thanksgiving? I said, yeah. He said, what'd you do? I went, absolutely nothing. Same here. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. And I loved it. I almost felt bad, though, that I wasn't doing something. Um, I mean, I just spent time with Tanya and her mom and her kids, and then I got to see my kids today. And Yeah, I'm with you, man. We went to see my mom. We had lunch with my mom, spent a few hours with her, and then we just hung out and hung out at the house and listened to music and read. And, you know, I went for a walk at the bike trail. Yeah. Life was good. That's good. Was the weather good today? I had, I didn't even go outside today. Well, we're both wearing hoodies, and I yes, I spent a lot of time outside today. <laughs> it was sunny and cold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess I was out to let the dog out, but that's it. But uh, hey, it's uh, it's good to be here with you tonight, and uh, we're alone. Robert is uh, doing something with his church, and uh, Ian had family over. Um. Robert so, is just for the record. Robert's decorating his church for Christmas. Yes, yes, dec- that's what it was. Decorating the church, which I find funny because Robert's not a decorator. <laughs> oh boy, um, we are decorating next weekend. Our church, I believe, it's next weekend. I believe you're wrong. I think it's it's well this it's we're going to do it Sunday. This oh, coming weekend. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I see. I was wrong. <laughs> I, yeah, because it's Thanksgiving's over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes I'm the the person who's out of the loop the most at church. Wait, <laughs> we're just counting on you to do the praying and the in the in the uh, the sermon. Okay. You don't have to. You don't have to hang the wreaths or anything. You know. Okay. <laughs> Decorate decorative people have got that covered. Oh yeah! Thank goodness too. you're just you're just you're just there to teach us about the stained glass windows and whatever god puts on your heart well thank you (laughs) the wreath the wreath hanging will will be by people who are good at that yes that's their gift (laughs) well christmas is coming quicker you know i know this is not even scientifically possible but i promise you it is coming quicker this year than it ever has before <laughs> wow it's all perspective you know I was gonna say, are, are we going to evade the law of time is that a law <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i mean it's just i know that it's not even possible but it just seems just been so much going on that it seems that it, it came quicker than it ever has in the past and i think that i say that because i'm just totally unprepared at this point for it and um you know a lot of people get this way during this time of year and it can lead to some serious depression see that's what i was going to say the perception the perception that time is moving fast leads into our conversation about yeah 
depression or the holidays, which of course is perception, right? Exactly. You're absolutely right. And there's also people, and I've seen this with someone I know, um, just going like crazy until December 25th and then depressed afterwards, you know, because it's over. Because the, like, they've kept themselves busy. Yes, yes. And running on adrenaline and until December 25th. And then when everybody leaves, it's a big letdown. But uh, again, that is a lot of perception as well. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, so I thought if you want to talk about depression around the holidays or don't they have a, a term for that? Oh, no, it's a. Uh, Seasonal, the seasonal, uh, yeah, sad. It's sad, seasonal, yeah. seasonal, depressed. I forget what the A stands for, but it's seasonal depression, right? Yeah, yeah, I can't remember what the A stands for either, but basically, yeah, seasonal depression. Um, you know, depression is a very interesting thing. And all right, so I just want to start by saying that there's no, we're not trying to downplay anybody's feelings. Uh, we know depression's a very real thing. In fact, I suffered from it for a while. And um, so, you know, please don't think that we're just trying to say that it's not something that it, it, it that it isn't something because we know that it is. Mm. So um, I just want to clarify that. So nobody throws rotten tomatoes at us or stops watching or tries to sue us or anything like that. So, um, but anyway, when I thought, you know, while we're talking about depression, I thought I would just kind of shared briefly my little story about how I overcame depression. Um, really, the depression started prior to an event that made it worse. Um, I don't really know how it started. Just realized one day I was always tired, um, didn't want to get out of bed, didn't want to go to work, didn't want to do anything. And... I mean, part of it was because my dad had gone through six months of grueling torture in the last six months of his life. That probably added to it a lot because I was traveling a lot and traveling to Cleveland to see him. And the fact that he died, you know, right around the holidays, it was last time I saw him, I spoke, last time I spoke to him was December 24th, 2011. And I was lucky that he knew who I was because during the last few weeks, he didn't know anybody, but he didn't have dementia. It was because his body was shutting down. But anyway, he died on January 4th, 2012. So, you know, right after that, it was just a really rough time. But what made it worse was I found out that my wife was at the time was cheating on me. And um, whether that was an emotional affair or physical still don't know the truth and I never will. And that's okay. But anyway, it just really catapulted me into a year long depression. And at one point I did start to take medicine because my mom talked me into it after about three months, I started taking medicine and I hated it because I thought this isn't real. This is not really me. It was just dumbing down the chemical imbalance or whatever it is. I don't know the scientific term for it. It was just basically leveling me off. It wasn't making me any better. It was just making it so I could cope day to day. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it wasn't for me. So against my doctor's advice, I started to wean myself off of it over, I looked online and figured out how do I wean myself off this medicine? Uh, so I only took it for three months. Some people might say, well, that wasn't long enough. Mm -hmm. Well, it was long enough for me to know that it wasn't what I wanted. Um, but how did I get through it? A lot of prayer and a lot of trusting in God. Um, I had not, at that point, I had read the Bible all the way through twice in my life. But after that, or during that time, I read, started reading the Bible again all the way through. And I started seeing things like um, Deuteronomy 31, that God goes before us. Um, Isaiah 51, or anyway, it, I think it's 49. Isaiah 49, 10. Do not fear, for I am with you. And I just keep reading all this stuff about how much God loves us, how he's always with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He goes before us. The battle was his, not mine. So I had to stop seeing the world through these eyes and start believing in what he was doing for me. And it took... Honestly, it took six months before I really started to feel better after having taken the medicine, but it took a couple years, several years to really fully get turned around. And I don't blame myself for not understanding. Um, I believe it's the process that God took me through because in that time, I learned a lot. I gained a lot of freedom. Um I met some good people at the church where I'm the pastor now that really helped me. I'm talking to one of them right now. And there were a lot of things that just that God brought into my life because I let him. I had to trust him. I had to I had to let go because part of when I was depressed, part of it was I didn't want to talk to him because I didn't feel like he was really doing anything for me. I believed in him. I believed that I was going to heaven, but God didn't care about me. I just, I had to do it all on my own. God was for other people who had their life together. At least that was my thought. But as I read the Bible and I continued to pray, he continued to bring me out of that. And, you know, years later, now I look back and I'm, I have not been depressed, not even situational depression for the last four or five years. But even after, you know, coming off the medicine and, and that six month period where I started to really feel better from that six months until about four or five years ago, I was up and down still. Um, especially around the holidays because, you know, I have three kids. Uh, I had met Tanya in that time and she has three kids and we got married during that time. And, and so now I have to buy Christmas presents for six kids and a wife. And, you know, there was times where like, where's the money going to come from? But I know now not to worry about those things, but that caused some depression. And that causes depression for a lot of people around the holidays. Mm -hmm. um, missed my dad, you know, couldn't spend Christmas with him. Seeing my mom being depressed because my dad was not there for Christmas and mm -hmm. she just gave up on Christmas and she used to love it. 
So there's all kinds of things. I mean, you can't pinpoint just one thing that would that cause the depression or cause that roller coaster effect for those years. But what truly got me out of it was my faith in God. Mm-hmm. And I know for a lot of people, that's very cliche for me to say that. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Faith. In, I understand. It doesn't work for me. And I used to say that, too. My faith was just to save me from going to hell is the way I looked at it. But now, I feel like I'm talking too much now, but I just want to share this one last thing, and then I'll stop for a moment. The difference between our God and other gods, G, lowercase g, O-D-S, that don't even exist at all, here's a good example. Zeus, what did he do for people? I mean, people thought he did a lot of stuff for him, but by golly, don't make him mad. And then there was um, Buddha. You know, okay, Buddha doesn't seem to get mad, and Buddha does things for people, supposedly, but there's no personal close relationship with him. He's far off. The thing about God is our Father in Heaven is... He's always with us, always talking to us, always directing our steps, even when we don't see it. And he's not some impersonal God that you don't want to cross the wrong way. Sure, we can make him mad and he'll discipline us, but I can approach him any moment of any given day, and I don't have to go through a ritual to be able to approach him anymore. In the Old Testament, yes. But when that curtain was torn, when Jesus died on the cross, we had direct access through Jesus to the Father. It makes a whole whole difference. He's very personal for me, and he can be for you too. And that's how I overcame it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there, it's interesting because... Over the past couple of years, I've known so many people who are depressed, including myself. You know, this past year, I went through a major bout of depression and 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 that sort of thing. And you know, the other night on social media, one of the one of the people I went to school with, uh, to high school, well, school school with, um, <clears throat> posted that, you know, they they said, you know, hey, look, uh, the last year has been very difficult went through some very trying times and and they that person put themselves out there and said I don't care what time of day or night it is if you feel like you are at the end of your rope from depression uh call me and gave their contact information and said call me and all these people got on there people I went to school with and people that this person was friends with both and and some people who really I I never had any clue uh, that I went to school with, uh, there was one, another person in there in particular, um, that person said that they spent, uh, they went in like December 30th of last year into a rehab facility or not a rehab, but an inpatient facility because they wanted to commit suicide. And this is a person who has a very nice family, um, has wonderful, successful kids, um, and all that sort of thing. And they were so depressed that they wanted to end it all. And mm-hmm. they were, they were, they, they basically checked themselves into 
uh, kind of like an emergency mental health situation. And these are people who are have a belief in God. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they profess it. They say, you know, and, and part of their recovery is their faith, and they talk about. And so Christians can absolutely be affected by depression and anxiety and all these things. And, you know, it's difficult in the midst of it. And I believe that it's one of, you know, we talk a lot about spiritual warfare on here, and I believe that it's one of the biggest things that the enemy can do to us is convince us that, you know, to to basically be depressed or be anxious about things. And that's one of the things that, you know, God's really been talking to me about over the past week or so is to take all thoughts captive to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember where that scripture is, but that is in the scripture. Phil probably, Phil probably can rattle it off off the top of his head. First Corinthians ten four. I mean, I'm shocked that you could. <laughs> that's great. That's that's one of Phil's strongest giftings. I'm sure everybody watching this knows. But you know, that's the thing. God is there for us, and you know, here's another scripture that I won't. I don't know where it's at, but. Christians perish for lack of knowledge. And, you know, we have to, this goes back to authority. You know, and, and this is where we, as Christians, this is where we we fall short. This is where we fail ourselves. And really, to appoint God, not that he condemns us, but we don't use our authority that we have through Christ to stop the enemy. Mm-hmm. And this is a call to the church in so many ways in 2024. I can promise you that the the church and, and you, if you're watching this and you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're the church. You're part of the church. I can promise you in 2024, the the lukewarm church, whatever denomination you are or aren't, I can promise you in 2024 the the lukewarm vanilla pudding church is done. Uh, you know, God is right in the midst. We're seeing it. Heaven is pressing down towards earth, and God is more present now than ever, and so is the enemy. We've got choices to make. And, you know, as people, Phil and I both have lived in depression and had battled anxiety and all these things. So we're not sitting here being hypocritical and saying that we've not struggled with this because we certainly have. I've Phil said he struggled for months and, and I've struggled off and on my entire life with this. And, and sometimes really have been completely knocked down. So I'm not saying that I've done it right, but I can promise you this. God is taking us to a place spiritually in our relationship with him to where enough is enough and we're going to use our authority and not just in in depression but in other things too and i can promise you we have choices and we need to start choosing to tell the enemy where where to shove off with our authority that jesus christ gave us because you know this isn't going to get any easier for anybody you know, this, this, I'd like to sit here and say, oh, you know, once the holidays are over, everybody's just going to be happy and cheerful and that sort of thing. Well, the enemy is more active and more aggressive than ever. And not that he hasn't been active or aggressive in the past. I mean, we know that, 
but the enemy is being more active and aggressive. He wants to take you out. I don't know how else to say this. He wants to take Phil out. He wants to take me out. He wants to take Robert out. Ian, you, your your neighbor, whoever. This is, you know, the the enemy doesn't respect persons. God doesn't respect persons, and neither does the enemy. The enemy, you know, your kids, uh, anybody. The enemy is just thrilled to death to take him out of the take him out of this world, take him out of life. So we have to know who we are. We are children of God, children of the Most High God. And we have to know what authority we have through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ defeated the enemy on the cross in his resurrection. And, you know, we have that same resurrection power with us. We have it in us. And so we have to take authority and we have to understand that. If you don't understand that, reach out to us mm-hmm. because this is something that we're working on. I mean, you know, Phil Phil's kind of further down the path than than what I am. And, you know, but I could I could tell you this for everybody listening. This is important. No matter what you face, whether it's finances, whether it's family problems, whether it's health, whatever, you need to know who you are. And you need to understand what Jesus did and take authority with it. And that's going to be very important. I need to clarify something. And you made me think of this. I said I haven't been depressed for four or five years. Not that it hasn't tried to come upon me. Mm -hmm. Anxiety wells up in me quicker than depression does. Mm Because that's something I dealt with for years before I was ever depressed. And and the two are very similar. Mm -hmm. But the the reason I said that is I fight it off Mm -hmm. by going to God and calling on the authority that Jesus gave me and saying things like, I might say, no, I am not dealing with this. I believe that God has given me this authority over the enemy. And I tell you, you have to leave now. Mm -hmm. Say things like that. Or I may just pray and say, God, I'm confessing to you that I feel this coming on. And and when I confess it to him, he takes care of it. Whatever, mm-hmm. like you said, whatever it is about, any kind of problem, he mm-hmm. takes care of it. And he has done that. And he was doing that for me. I just didn't recognize it. But he does it a lot quicker now because I have learned to take authority and to turn to him. And not and again, not not look through these eyes, but look through our spiritual eyes that we don't even see. You can't even say, oh, these are this is what spiritual eyes look like. It's faith. Mm-hmm. And I gotta tell you, Chad, because we were talking about faith earlier today. God reminded me of something. Um <laughs> he reminded me years ago, probably six, seven years ago, he gave me an acronym for faith, first action in the heart. Mm. Meaning that when you bring it to God in faith, he will act, Mm -hmm. but it begins in the heart. Mm -hmm. And I think you know what I'm talking about from our conversation earlier, but just remember that, that when you believe in what you can't see and you know in your heart that it is true or will happen, God will act. Mm -hmm. He wants to see your faith. He is pleased by our faith. Now, does that mean that I can say, I believe that I'm going to win the lottery and take care of all my money problems and God will make it happen? No. Mm -mm. No. 
because that's putting your faith in the lottery, not in God. Right. Okay. There's a difference there. So a lot of times we'll we'll mix in something with the world and say, well, I'm believing God for it. Now, check yourself on that. Are you really? Because when you believe in believe God and when you step out in faith, there's nothing in this world that has anything to do with it. Mm. It's not, I believe this person's going to come to my aid. I believe that I'm going to get a promotion. I believe you take the world out of it and you walk in faith and then God will respond. Mm. He's not going to let you mix the world in because that puts the world in front of him and he's got to be first. Yeah. And you know, we can't base things on our need. We can't ask him for things based on our need. We have to ask him for things based on his love for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's I've missed that completely. And and that's something that I've learned very recently because, you know, I I was sitting there and we've talked about this, giving God the play by play. God, (laughs) you know, look, this is what's going on. I need this God. Like, look at this. This is what's going on. Like as if he didn't know, you know, and, 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 you know, again, he's no respecter of persons, and he knows what's going on with every person on this planet, what, what's going on in their life. And he knows every detail, and he knows things that we don't know about ourselves. But he does things based on his love for us and his grace uh-huh. and his mercy, not based on our need. But, you know, and and here's the other thing, back to the depression and anxiety and all that sort of thing. You know, there's always, and, and this kind of ties into healing too, which is, of course, near and dear to my heart. And for the, you know, people that don't know, I always wear a fill out with this topic, but I won't go too far down this. But, but my, what the one thing I want to say too, I'm going to put a disclaimer out there and say, don't be, don't feel any kind of shame or condemnation if you take medicine, which I think mm-hmm. Phil talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, is is we I believe very aggressively in 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 the physical healing power of, of of God through Jesus, but I will say this: you know, uh, Phil and I both take prescription medication um, because we're not you know you could say whatever you want, but we're not where we need to be yet in our walk with God to you know be past that. And that could be a point if you hit an, a very serious point with with depression or anxiety or something, and you need treatment, you need medication. Well, it's better to do that. Yeah, to help you at least keep yourself. Yes. From from going over the cliff. Yes. You know, and and you know, reach out, reach out, and and get hit with the jumper cables. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's a message important of importance too. You know, Phil and I have a great relationship. We lean on each other a lot. We we share a lot with each other about our personal, what's going on in our personal lives and what's going on upstairs here. And, you know, we help each other out a lot. But in, and we hit each other with the jumper cables. And so if you're depressed and you're feeling serious depression and that sort of thing, you know, reach out to somebody, uh, you, you know, and get hit with the jumper cables and have people pray for you and that sort of thing. Right. But if you've, if you've got to take medication, um, you know, there's no condemnation in that. Right. But the, but the idea with all this is, you know, build up, build up our belief to the point where we don't need it anymore. You know, yes. We, yes. you know. We we but we've got to build up our belief in the Lord, and most people just don't have it, and that's not a point of condemnation either, because right. we've all been there. 
Right. Again, you know, God has grace and mercy and love for us. He's going to meet us where we are. You know, when you're in the bottom of the pit, he'll meet you there. You know, and and he puts people, thank praise God, he puts people out there to hit you with the jumper cables, you know. And uh so accept it and be fine with that and and praise him and build yourself up from there. Yep. You know, when I was trying to explain the difference between our God and all other gods, that's the, the there was something that was missing and I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but you have put your finger on it when you said he meets you there. And that is Buddha wants you to do something. Zeus wants you to do something. Um, all these other gods, they want you to do something for them. Okay. And our God, he comes and he says, okay, this is where you are. This is where I want to get you. We'll get there together. It's not like you have to do it. And then I'll be here waiting for you. We'll get there together. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. And the reason I say that is the medication that I take is for diabetes. And one day God told me that I would be healed of diabetes. The next day I wanted to stop taking the medicine. He's like, no, 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 no. That isn't going to happen because you're not ready yet. And I didn't quite understand that for the longest time. I understand. I kept asking him every day, what do you mean I'm not ready yet? And I know now that I'm not quite ready yet. And you're right. There's no condemnation in that. Mm-hmm. There are things that I need to learn, whether it be a lifestyle change. I know that's part of it, probably. But there are things I need to learn about him still. That he's not just going to wave his magic wand and boom, I'm, there goes diabetes. Mm-hmm. Okay. He could. He mm-hmm. absolutely could. Mm-hmm. But he is teaching me and growing me just like I stopped taking the medication for depression mm-hmm. because he taught me from that how to fight it off. Mm-hmm. So for wh- whatever it is, and I can't even tell you what it is because I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. So, right, there's no condemnation for taking medication. If I have a headache and I can't pray it away and take authority over it, then I might take some Tylenol. But I take a lot less Tylenol now than I did in the past, but I still take it. Is that a lack of faith? If it is, then God will deal with me with it. Mm-hmm. But I don't let myself be condemned for that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a great point. Um, so yeah, the jumper cables. I love you. You were the one who brought that to me, I think. And what? That's what happened to me on August 9th, 2019. I got hit with jumper cables from this woman who prayed over me, a prophetess. And I had an encounter with God that night that I just can't explain. It just changed. I mean, everything in me changed. And that, you know, prior to that, I was still fighting depression even in 2019. So I guess it's been five years. Is that right? No, four four years. I don't even know what year it is anymore. In four years. Okay. So, but, and I can't tell you what it was or how God did it. I just know that I stepped out in faith in a new way that night. And when I did, things started changing for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect by any means. And I'm not as far ahead of Chad as he thinks I am, <laughs> but <laughs> I just hide it better. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, he's so. much further ahead of me in the realm of healing and understanding healing. Um, but anyway, so one thing that I'm learning to do is like, if you were to come to me and say, Phil, I'm suffering from depression. One of the first things I would do with you would be pray and lay hands on you and pray f- that your healing would come and that it would leave you completely. Mm. And that's not something that I would have done four years ago. I would have prayed for you to be healed, but then I would have thought, should I have done that? Mm. Because to me, there were some things, this is in my past, there were things that I could pray for that I believed, yeah, God would probably do that. But then there were some things like, oh, I don't know if I should ask God to take care of that because that's a pretty big disease. Mm-hmm. And God showed me one day, who do you think I am? Am I not bigger than any disease in this world? Am I not bigger than any problem you have? Mm-hmm. And he is. And he, I don't even ask, well, what if he doesn't? Because there's no, what if he doesn't? It's just when he does mm-hmm. from now on. Mm-hmm. So, if you're struggling with depression, don't condemn yourself, but also fight back, mm-hmm. fight back, take authority over it and speak to it, telling it to leave in the name of Jesus Christ, because you are a child of God. You are the beloved of God. He heals you because he loves you, mm-hmm. not because you asked him, because he loves you. Yeah, I had a hard time understanding God's love for many, many years. I believed He loved me, but I didn't understand, and I still don't fully understand it. But I'm learning every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and you know something that you said there is you you said that if somebody came to you, you'd pray for them. And there's a difference in your prayer. Yeah, now, yeah. In, in what you were alluding to. There's a difference in your prayer because now you pray number one with belief and with faith, and number two, your prayer hits hard. There's a difference between what what the way most people pray and the way we should pray. We need to hit hard with our prayers and we need to be very short and direct mm-hmm. and hard and, and pray and belief. And then that's that's a big part of it. And then in the second part of it is too, and and this is an Ianism that always I always hated to hear him say it. <laughs> Embrace your process. And every time Ian, every time Ian said that, my stomach turned. I'd just be like, oh, you know, Ian, like I, I like you, but man, every time you say that, it makes me sick. <laughs> but he's right. And he's right. Be- and he's right because he's walked it. Yeah. You've got to embrace that process. So, you know, God miraculously uh turns things around for people and does miracles, of course. But for the most part, that's usually not what happens because um for a few reasons, but number one, most of us have a lot of um, sin consciousness. This is a new thing that that I've read about and I'm praying about and trying to understand. It's a matter of 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 carnal thinking. It's a matter of of baggage that we have, emotional, mental, uh, spiritual baggage that we carry. And God oftentimes cannot just snap his fingers and make all that go away because if he did, it would be worse than if he didn't. And mm. and so sometimes, yeah. you know, God, God allows us to walk a, a, a path that may not feel real good 
but it's not because he couldn't make it go away, but it's better if we didn't, if he didn't, because we have to walk these things out in order for us to grow and to properly heal and to get over the things that, that, that hold us back. So if God, if, if, you know, God just snapped his fingers and made all your problems in life go away. For most of us, that's probably not going to end real well because we're just going to, we're just going to, you know, I always call it pumping up the tires on the monster truck and bounce off into outer space. You know what I mean? Like that, it, it just doesn't work. We're, we would be so, there would be like such an emotional re rebound for us. It'd be like a big yeah, rubber yeah. band effect. So long story short, embrace that process, you know, like it's not going to feel real good, but it's the best alternative because he's going to very slowly and methodically walk you out of things. You're going to learn so much in the process. And when you get to your destination, you're going to appreciate it and you're going to be that much stronger and uh, more whole as a person and with yes. your relationship with him. And it's tough to hear that, you know, let's just put that out on the table. All this stuff that we're talking about, embrace your process and, you know, patience and, and, and all these things, these aren't things that you want to hear when you're battling in the middle of a battle with depression or health problem or whatever, but we have to rest, we have to rest in our faith. And boy, if we could just grasp what that means, rest in faith, where when you're going through a problem, you know, uh, with depression, especially, or anxiety, man, the world's not going to end in three seconds. And it, and sometimes it feels like it is, or sometimes you feel like it, you want it to, but it's not, the world's not going to end in, in three minutes, three seconds or anything like that. We're going to be there. We just have to stand and we have to breathe and we will get past it. Go, you know, God will get us through things if we let him. I think that's important. But our prayers, when we come to God, we have to pray with faith. We have to pray with belief and we have to mean it from our heart. You know, there have been so many times and you know, this is an Andrew Womackism. We have to stop begging God. We have to, you know, when we come and we beg God, we can beg God all we want. And he'll hold our hand. To, and this is a, somebody else said this. He'll hold your hand all the way down to the grave. He'll <laughs> I mean, that's a that's kind of a terrible thing to say, but he said it in love. He said, God will hold your hand all the way down to the grave. But but we have to stop begging God. Yeah. We have to start knowing who we are in Christ and taking the authority. We have to tell the enemy because that's what God expects us to do. It's in his word. When we read the New Testament, especially, you know, he tells us what to do. We speak to the enemy. We speak to the mountain. We tell our mountain about our God. We don't tell our God about our mountain. Yeah, you know, but so many true. times, all of us Christians get this backwards, at, at least at some point in our life. Yeah. We get it backwards. We sit there and we tell God about the mountain. You know, that's not what he wants. He knows about the mountain. He's God. I mean, you know. That's we've got this backwards. We've got to tell the mountain about our God and just tell the mountain you're out of here. You're gone. You don't get there overnight. You can. God can do that. But most people are not going to get that get to that point overnight. 
but don't give up. Right. Just be persistent. God, this is what I want. What these two guys just talked about, it's what I want. I want to be where I can talk to the mountain about you. He'll get you there. Mm-hmm. If you want it, he'll get you there. But don't give up because there are going to be bumps along the way to get you there. You know, David, he had to, if you read closely in First Samuel, he first had to have a, a fight with a, a wolf or a coyote or something. I can't remember what it was now. And then he fought a bear. Then he fought the giant. Each one of those victories took him to the place where he knew that all I have to do now is take this sling that I have and put a stone in it and kill this giant because he knew God was going to do it for him. You can't defy the armies of God. So he'll get you there. And another thing is when Israel went into the land after wandering the desert for 40 years, God said, look, I can destroy all of them right now, but that wouldn't be good for you. So I will destroy them little by little over time so that you're not overrun by other enemies or animals. So you're right. God knows what you need when you need it. And, you know, sure you're struggling with depression right now and you want it to go away right away. Trust me, I know. I've been there. Chad knows. He's been there. And even when I started to feel better, it still took a couple years of up and down to get to where God has me now. You'll get there. Because he loves you and he'll get you there. And that embrace your process because God knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, but many, most lessons in life are learned the hard way. Absolutely. And there's so much more we could say about this too. I know, but um, we could go on for hours probably. Yeah. Yeah. We I mean, could. I'm already thinking of all kinds of things I could say, but got to tell you, Chad, I really appreciate talking to you tonight because it's been uplifting for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, likewise. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say likewise. And, and definitely hope this helps somebody as we go into the holiday season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so, too. Um, you know, my dad used to say, all the worrying in the world won't change a thing. And he's right. He was right. And the Bible says that, too. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about what's going to happen at Christmas. Christmas will take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about what's going to happen after Christmas. It'll take care of itself. Mm-hmm. Meaning that God will take care of it for you. Walk in faith. Trust him. He loves you. He'll get you through. There's one one more thing I wanted to say about this, and, and it kind of ties to what you said. You know, think about the Israelites when they were out there in the in the wilderness. God gave them a representation of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he told them, what did he tell them to do when the when the poisonous snakes were were biting the people and killing them? Mm-hmm. What did he he gave step one, he gave them something to focus on. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then step two, he said, you look at that, you focus on that, and you won't perish. That's the yeah. way this works. Yeah, that's the way this works. So when you enter into this holiday season, you know, don't get caught up in all the the stuff. If you're depressed, 
you focus on Jesus and don't take your eyes off of Jesus. And what does that mean? I mean just that. You meditate on Jesus. You think about Jesus. And that's where you, because, you know, Jesus died for you. Jesus loves you. God loves you more than anyone on this earth loves you. God loves you so much more than your closest loved one loves you. Mm -hmm. Keep your eyes on him. It saved the Israelites' lives, you know, in the wilderness. If you don't know what that is, read about it. <laughs> Phil, will tell you, Phil, Phil will tell you where it's at in the scripture. This is a guess. I think it's number 16, but that's a guess. It's a, it's either Numbers or Leviticus, somewhere in there. It's it's Numbers. I know that. I think it's 16, but... Um, we just yeah. read about it. We just read about it. But anyway... Yeah. Yes. Keep keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I can promise you, if you do that and you think about Him and you ask Him, He will respond. Absolutely, guaranteed. I'm looking it up real quick to see. Oh no, that's Korah's rebellion. Okay. Um, see, sometimes I have these. Stories, I know that they're in certain places and I get them mixed up. Uh, is 20, Numbers 21. Numbers 21. 21, yeah. Okay. Well, for people that don't understand that, look it up. Numbers 21. And just imagine that depression is the poisonous snakes trying to kill you. It's the same thing. Yep. It's just a, it's just a different form. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. All right, Chad. I think we need to wrap this up. And maybe next time we won't look we won't both have hoodies on, but it's cold. It's in the winter in Ohio. Yeah, right. So, you know. Right. All right, everybody. Well, I hope you enjoyed it tonight. And we will be back again next week. Next week. Hopefully with three or four people. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. If not, it'll just be us. That's right. All right. We'll see you. Have a good night. All right.